Welcome, House Call Nation, to the House Call Crease. That's right. We got an NHL segment now, baby. We're talking about big hits, icing, all the things we love in hockey, bro. I'm rocking my throwback, freaking, you know, Winter Classic Bruins jersey, repping the Braun, the Bergeron. You got Dallas Stars over there. You got the Bruins helmet in the back, bro. We're ready to roll here. But let's get into some of the big news and topics in NHL right now. Jason Robertson has joined the 30 goal club. He is that he joins McDavid, Pouser Knight Thompson and others to be scoring 30 goals this season. That is a big feat. There's a lot of crazy things going on. History in the making here. We're going to see he's going to end up having the most goals at the end of the year for players. It's going to be a big race right now. Another big thing is that Cole Caulfield Canadians uh have ruled him out for the remainder of the season with a right shoulder injury. Obviously, the Canadians are at the bottom of that division right now was pretty much a lost season anyway, and now it kind of solidifies that it is indeed a lost season. But on another on another note, the Bruins have re-signed Pavel Zacha. It's a big signing for them. They obviously are having a historic season, and we're going to get into that later as well. But let's talk about something that's coming up here in June in Nashville on the 28th. It's going to be the NHL draft, and it looks like Connor Bedard is going to be the unanimous number one pick. Do you think that, that he should go number one, Ian? From all the tape I've seen, like, I don't see very many flaws in his game right now. He's a fantastic junior player. Um, he's an extremely good skater, excellent vision on the ice. The one knock on him um, that I've seen so far is that he's 5'8". He could be injury-prone in the NHL. We just saw Caulfield, the smaller player. He's out for the year with a shoulder injury. As of right now, him, Fantilli, and Michkov look like the three best prospects, but I think I'd take the dart number one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I me being a Bruins fan – I know about how wiry little guys can be. Look no further than Brad Marchand. I mean, he's been a solid contributor on that line for a long time. Great skates, mean, ferocious, just a straight pit bull of a guy, you know. And honestly, I think Connor Bedard, if he can kind of mimic sort of Brad Marchand's play style with some of the natural talent he has, there is no doubt in my mind that Connor Bedard can be a star in the NHL. I always see things across all sports where people are like, oh, the size matters. He's kind of undersized. He's kind of a tweener. It does not matter as long as this guy's got that dog in him. And by like the way you said on the tape, Connor Bedard is that guy. He is him. Let's keep this train moving here. So Matt Boldy Looks signs like- a $49 million extension with the Wild. They tie him up through the 29-30 season. Do you like the signing? I really do. Boldy's another – Boldy's uh, a little bit bigger than Bedard. Uh, he's not He's not the talent that Bedard is by any means. But Boldy is kind of that other star that the Wild have been kind of lacking. Like they've had stars like Marion Gavrick. Um, they just got rid of Kevin Fiala, but he was good for them. Kirill Kaprizov, I'd say, is their first true superstar. And uh, you kind of want to build your core around a bunch of star guys. Boldy will be a star in the NHL. He's a part of that fantastic Team USA class that they put out in, I think, the 2019 draft. He was on the world junior team that won gold against Canada's supposed dream team. Upset them in, uh, I think it was Edmonton. Quote me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Edmonton. But uh, right. what I've seen out of Boldy, uh, to quote Steve He's a destroyer of worlds, and I think that sums him up the best. So I do like the signing. Good to get a young yeah, player I mean, up for long term. 
Yeah, and it's it's funny you think about it too. As, as physical and demanding as the sport of hockey is, being able to make a commitment that's you know six seven years long that's a that's a major commitment for a guy. And they obviously value him the way we think they should value him. And that is what the signing proves is that Matt Boldy is going to be a part of the Wild's plans for the future. What they hope ends in at least a trip, if not a Stanley Cup. Speaking of injuries and things like that, the Golden Knights uh, center Mark Stone, week to week after suffering an upper body injury, he ranks second on the team in goals and points, right? And so the Golden Knights, obviously, they're in the midst of a playoff push right now. But missing your number two guy, that can be a big deal, especially if this week to week thing ends up being more of a month to month thing. Do you think the Golden Knights can stay afloat without him in the lineup? They've got a good shot. Um, They've still got guys like Jack Eichel. Um, Chandler Stevenson, I'm very high on. They've got the misfit line with Carlson, Marcia So Smith. Those guys are fantastic. But um, the worrying trend is, will the injuries continue? Vegas missed the playoffs last year because of injuries. And Logan Thompson, bless his heart, nearly carried him there. But if things continue like they do, I just don't know. Because they've had a whale of a start. But I get it remains to be seen. Having Stone, he doesn't just score the points. He's a fantastic defensive winger. He brings that 200-foot game that you absolutely need, especially for the playoffs. So even if they make the playoffs, if he doesn't come back, that's still going to be a huge loss for them. Look for them going forward. Yeah, I mean, you, you can never lose a number two guy and expect everything to just keep trucking along, right? And injuries, especially in any in any major sport, but hockey specifically, these guys play together. There's a rhythm in the lines that has to be maintained. You can't just plug anybody into a hole that is filled. You know, they have to skate a similar speed. They have to have a similar uh, speed of play. And you remove that sort of consistency and rapport, and the line's going to suffer. And that's what we see happen when injuries come in, is that you have a guy who's usually playing, you know, the second line, maybe the third line, or, you know, comes in for like a penalty kill situations in most of these cases. And now he's playing major minutes because of the need to have those minutes in there. And, it's going to be tough. I think that they can stay afloat. Obviously, like you said, it just depends on if that injury bug is spread around that locker room or if it's just going to stay with one guy this time. I, I think they're going to make it. I think they can stay afloat. It's just going to be, you know, how soon can he come back and just make sure that they actually do make the playoffs this year and don't fall into a similar thing that happened last year. But speaking of uh, another injury here, Blackhawks, Kane misses the game against the Avs. He was expected to play today against the Kraken. I've not seen that injury report yet to see if he is actually going to be able to play against the Kraken. Uh, He's in the final year of his contract. Obviously, the Hawks are in full rebuild mode right now, and Kane's got a no-trade clause. But there are some rumors out there that Kane, for the right situation, for the right team, would waive his no-trade clause to the right situation. So do you see him being dealt by the trade deadline this year? I really do. I do see him being dealt. Um, I think his the most likely destination, if they can make it work, I think he ends up in New York with the Rangers. He's been on the line with um, their superstar, Artemi Panarin, before game one MVP that season. Um, one other team that's been linked to him is my Dallas Stars um, and the Edmonton Oilers. So having him on a line with uh, Connor McDavid and Edmonton would be absolutely electric. Especially for the oh, playoffs, yeah. because Kane wouldn't have to be that number one guy. He'd probably excel. The one issue that I see is with this injury, GMs may look and say, does he get injured again? Does this somehow lower his trade value to where it might not be a return that the Hawks like? Especially with the league cap strapped the way it is, 
the Hawks are already going to have to retain salary. Will this have, will they have to retain more? That might be the one issue with that. But overall, I do see him getting dealt by March 3rd. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're in full rebuild mode, sure, eating some salary for this year or some of this rest of the remaining salary this year isn't that big of a deal. I don't see it being that big of a problem, especially if it means you get some, you know, you get some draft picks, maybe get some some uh, solid contributor players uh, in return from whoever you trade them to. It could be a big, big move for them, especially if they can get him to agree to waive that no trade clause, which we have seen before with superstars. It's sometimes the reason that it is in there is for this reason, right? So that he can choose his destination, he controls his fate, he controls where he goes. And like you said, a lot of contenders, you know, is is the salary cap and and how tight the salary cap is for a lot of teams right now. It's going to be hard for him to find that dream destination and someplace that he wants to go that, A, he wants to go and B, is going to give the Blackhawks enough return to even get anything, you know, worth actually sending him away. And, you know, I've Kane and and all those, I remember the Blackhawks teams in the, you know, mid two thousands, those were, you know, Stanley cup championship teams. And they've just done what they've done what Chicago teams do. They hold on to people for too long and they just go down in flames. And that's kind of where they're at. And I mean, we saw the Cubs do it with that after the 2016 world series, the bulls kind of just delves into nothingness, the bears. It just happens all the time to these Chicago teams. It's really unfortunate, but uh, I'm with you. I think Kane is out of a Blackhawks uni by the trade deadline uh, it's just going to be where and who's going to get them. And like you said, the Edmonton Oilers with that, with him and McDavid, that would be probably just, it's absolutely terrifying for me to even think about it. In all honesty, to have that, that combination deadly. Those two, those two would be ridiculous. Oh yeah. I don't, I absolutely insane. Let's get into something else. that's rather insane. Uh, you've been tracking what the Bruins are doing right now because oh I, Oh gosh, Obviously, it's, I it's have. <laughs> it is absurd how good that team is right now. Insane. And, like, and you know, Bergeron was on in the offseason. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? How are these guys going to handle it? They're all aging. We should Boston, you know, unload them. What's going to happen there? All the turmoil, new head coach, everything like that. And it ended up being a perfect storm for them to come out and do absolutely insane things. Right now, they are literally – averaging 83.7% points in games they play. So they 83 almost I think I think it's actually over 84 now. 84% of the time that they yeah. if they step on the ice, they're getting a point for their team. They have 72 team points right now, which is chasing the Canadians record from 1976-1977 of 132. They can get it. They could be they could have the most points for a team by the end of the season all time in NHL. They also are only trailing the 1929 and 30 Bruins for uh, points percentage. Absolutely. And that was 87 and a half points. And that team only played 44 games. <laughs> All right. Like this is, and they're, they've only yeah. not recorded a point in five games out of 43. I think it's for, and I, I, and it's probably, I think it's 45 now because they played two more games <laughs> and they won them both. So now it's still five games out of 45 games. They yeah. didn't score a point. How I watched like, both. It was impressive. It's insane, insane. And then you, they they got a plus seventy two yeah. goal differential. And that was before these two games where they just blew out uh, the Islanders. I think it you was. Don't <laughs> you don't see that until after the season. Seeing it mid season yeah. is absolutely nuts. Yes, and like the next closest team 
is the New Jersey Devils at plus 40. Yes. Like, they are dominating in a way we've never seen. Never seen. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And I think with, these, with this Bruins group, um, what you see here is, one, I think it's motivation. That dressing room knows that this is probably the last run. Bergeron's probably going to retire after the year. Krejci's probably headed back to Europe. They brought him back, and he's looked phenomenal in his uh, return. But um, one of the special things about this team is that you don't necessarily have that, I used the term earlier, destroyer of worlds. The last team I saw in the regular season that was this good was the 2018-19 Tampa Bay Lightning. And they had a guy, like they got a ton of depth scoring, but they also had Nikita Kucherov who went off for – 128 points that year. That hasn't been reached since. Um, well, you look at this team, Pashanak leads the team with 63 points. On pace for about 115, which is great. Um, Marshawn with 43, Krejci 37, Bergeron with 36, Taylor Hall with 30, Jacob Rust 30, Pavel Zaka 30. Um, so you see your top uh, six or seven scorers at 30 points or higher. They're getting an insane amount of depth scoring. Their depth looks phenomenal. Um, and if you want my opinion, it really starts from the really starts from behind the bench. Jim Montgomery came into that room and revitalized it, in my opinion. Okay. I watched uh what he did with the stars. He took from he took them to the playoffs in his first year, got fired midway through uh the season, the 2019-20 season, where the stars went to the Stanley Cup final. And I thought he did good work. He instilled a good uh, defensive system that he's employed with the Bruins. And it kind of reflects with how their goaltending's been. Uh, the goaltending with Lena Solmark in particular, Lena Solmark is probably my front runner for the Vesna right now. He's been enough, he's been insane. Um, I didn't know Lindholm was this good. I saw him in Anaheim and I didn't think he was this good. I knew what Charlie McAvoy was, but I thought with all the, in- he was injured to start the year as Marshawn. So I didn't know if they'd have a great start, and they've been killing it. They've been absolutely, oh, absolutely. killing it. And it's wild to watch, and I'll turn on games, and, you know, it, it just – it reminds me of every other Bruins team I've seen in recent memory where they kind of just go through the motions for one or two periods, and then the third period comes around, and next thing you know, they're up four goals on And it's just it just comes out of nowhere. And you said Olmark is absolutely he's, – he's a wall. The dude, I don't, I don't, I feel like the net gets at least three times smaller the minute he steps in front of it because you just don't get around that guy. And even if you get around him once, it's not gonna, you're not gonna get him around, you're not gonna get around him enough to win a game. You're just not. And then, like, he's not playing, you put Swayman in there and he's just as good. Swayman's just as good. And they're both just playing phenomenal team. You know, the team's playing really good. The goalies are outstanding. You can see it in this, like, they're having fun. It's, it's one thing to win games, but, like, this team collectively enjoys playing for each other, which is another just whole other level of dominance that you see from them on the, on the ice day in and day out. And, like, Marshawn, I mean, Bergeron took a puck off the face and missed three minutes. Was back on the bench three minutes later. Against Came in the, the next. Oh, yeah. He took that David Pasternak uh, slap shot. Yeah, smoked him right in the face, right? Comes back for yeah. the very next game and is putting pucks in nets. Like it's nothing, big ass, you know, swollen cheek and everything like that. And we're like, oh, like, were you sure you could be able to play? And he's just like, yeah, I knew I was playing. Like didn't even hesitate. Just tough as nails, yeah. gritty as hell. This is a whole team. 
it shows the culture they have there. They've built up a pretty good culture the last, I'd say, decade or so. We've seen them. I've seen them win a cup in my lifetime, and I've seen them go to three finals, and they've pushed it almost to the brink in every single one. So it just shows what kind of a group these guys are. It's special. You don't see it everywhere. You don't, and it, and I, it's honestly something that's so rare just to see how collective they as the whole, right? Not not the part, not the sum of the parts, but the whole of the team plays so well together and they play for each other. And it's just a great thing to see. And I'm guaranteeing it by the end of the year, this Boston Bruins team is going to be at the top of some of these all-time records. Just wait and see. The Boston Bruins are making history in 2023. I think they could crack 70 wins. Never been done before in NHL history, but I think they could crack 70. They're, they're trying. They're on their way for sure. But Let's talk about something here. Speaking of like how good the Bruins are and the historic stuff, the amount of depth they got, but you said they don't have that like real world beater stuff, but we start, we're going to start talking about some real world beaters. Now it's the all-star games coming up. They rosters have been finalized. You know, they did a fan vote for the final 12 spots. You, those you got in, huh? You seen those jerseys? I have not the seen the jerseys yet. Miami vice thing. So it's oh, kind of like, man. Teal, neon teal, neon pink, and black and white. It's fantastic. Look at Man. it. Get time. It's a great jersey. Might have to give me a an old mark uh, all star jersey then. <laughs> I can't blame you. I think three of your Bruins are going to the. No, it's just two. But yeah, Posternak got the fan vote, and old marks in the net. Yeah, I noticed that. Well deserved too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, Olmark is probably is right now playing like he's the best goalie in hockey, so he's definitely needs to be there. Pasternak, like he's the top point scorer on the best team in hockey, so <laughs> it kind of makes I'm, sense that he's there. But uh, did, were, did you find any surprises that you were like, really that that's the, who we're gonna have in the All Star game? If you want my honest opinion, the Flyers shouldn't get an All Star this year. That team is not very good in. I'm going to say it nicely. They're not very good. And if you're going to pick an all-star, you're going to send Kevin Hayes over Travis Konecki. Kevin Hayes has been scratched multiple times this season, and Travis Konecki's on pace for plus 80 points. So um, that was a little confusing to me. I didn't understand that pick. Um, the Central Division, um, I don't understand sending Seth Jones over – Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. I don't understand why you'd send Seth Jones. That defense, the defense in Chicago is abysmal right now. Um, the team as a whole is pretty abysmal. But I mean, Seth Jones, man, like why? I don't hate the guy, but uh, <laughs> he's not. He shouldn't be there. I mean, saying I someone shouldn't be somewhere they shouldn't be isn't hating on them. It's telling the truth. That's facts. <laughs> like, He's from Dallas. I like the guy. I have a soft spot for my Dallas guys. But uh, another one, uh, Tarasenko doesn't make any sense to me. That team is that team's uh, performing below what they really should be. That team's better than what they are. Um, but Tarasenko, I would have personally probably voted in Robert Thomas. But I don't. I haven't watched much Blues hockey, and I haven't looked at, looked at some of the statistics. So I could be wrong there. Yeah, I mean, it looked a lot of the guys. They, I mean, so I, I did like you know a little bit of research on them. most of the selections seemed to be legit. It was one of the few times where like I looked at an all star roster and was like, okay, I can make an argument for every one of these guys to be in 
or and I can very rarely make an argument for them to not be here. So, I mean, kind of there was still some people I really would have rather seen, you know, and I understand like the fan vote uh, definitely helped, you know, get some more people in there and they try to get a person from every team, whatever. But I kind of think that, you know, just from how good some of the people who got left off yeah. are for people that got put on because they're the best person from that team. Yeah. I, it's, it's a little rough for me. I think the NHL needs to work on how they, they do this thing. Cause this, this participation trophy bullshit has got to go, man. Like, <laughs> I feel like one of uh, the snubs and I'm just biased when I say this, I, I think, um, Jake Ottinger should have gotten in over UC Soros. Um, Jake Ottinger had a rough stretch through the season, but he was injured. He got injured against the Rangers in their first meeting. Um, he played subpar for a couple of weeks. Now he's bounced back and he's been great. He's been a wall in net. He's been what we he's been kind of what we saw in the playoffs last year. Um, I'm going to shout out a couple of stars. Uh, Rope hints is maybe the most underrated player in hockey right now. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. He doesn't score all the points, but he's just an electric player. And uh, he's such a good two-way hockey player. Uh, I think he could give McDavid a run for his money in terms of speed. Um, Jamie Benn's having a resurgent year, but I don't think he would have gotten an all-star vote. Um, Other than that, though, I really don't... uh, Maybe Zabanajad for the Rangers is a snub. I could see that. Uh, one other guy that I forgot to bring up that I have an issue with, I don't – like Brock Nelson. Like, if that's the best you can do, Islanders, just send Sorokin. Like, there's no need to, <laughs> there's no need to put more than one guy in. I think Nelson was the fan vote for the Metro division. Mm. Um, on the other hand, like – I'd say make it fun, make it fun. Like it, maybe not the best guys, but like uh, send a guy that a fan of that team loves. Like I remember when John Scott got voted into the All Star game, just a big old grinder, um, defenseman, big fighter, enforcer type. But yeah, he got voted in because he was popular amongst the fan base, and yeah. he just brought a level of fun to the game. So maybe, uh, maybe not go to. Chad Ruedel, but um, yeah, just maybe make it a little more fun. Vote guys in that are just you wouldn't yeah. expect. Add an element. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and the the thing is, like like you said, make it fun. And I don't know. I'm I'm partial to the fan votes. I think like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who look at it from a standpoint of how the NFL does its pro bowl stuff and how the MLB does its all-star game and how the NBA does their all-star game with a lot of fan involvement, which is, I think why, you know, the NHL has this fan vote kind of thing, but I feel like it's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a, there's a little too much control by the NHL to try to try to control who gets in. And I feel like, you know, one of the things that needs to happen is there needs to be more fan involvement to get more fan buy-in, to get more, you know, entertainment factor for what the fans want to see from this game. And honestly, like I wouldn't I wouldn't be part I wouldn't be opposed to every single position gets a fan vote. Like and do the and do away with this like, hey, all these teams, we're gonna take the best player from this team, put them in. You know, like why 
it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, you know, if you look at like any other sport, no one's going to take, you know, the, the Houston Texans and go, okay, who's the best player we can put in the pro bowl from the Houston Texans uh, with all these other guys, you know, it's not going to happen. That's not how this, that's not how an all-star game works. This participation trophy thing is ridiculous. And sure. I might have some sort of history to it and everything else, but like, Hey, I don't actually give two shits if the Canadians have a, an all-star <laughs> right now because they're one of the worst teams in the league. I don't care if the Blackhawks yeah. have an all-star right now because they're one of the worst teams in the league. Does that mean there's not someone on there who could be an all-star? Sure. But you know what? Like, if they're not playing good. Well, like a, you got to earn your way in type of thing. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, man. And it's one of those things that just crushes me for how – and I love hockey. I love going to games. Going to a hockey game is the best damn experience I've ever had at a professional, you know, semi-pro, anything, any level. Going to a hockey game is absolutely fantastic. College, I've been to, you know, Western Hockey League games. I go to the Havoc games here in Huntsville, uh, you know, been in Boston, all that stuff. So it's an amazing experience. And I feel like for as amazing as an experience as it is, the all-star game and the structure needs to change Yeah, to make that experience better. Exactly. I think it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of type of deal because you got the older fan base of like, oh, tradition, tradition, all this. Then you got the young guys coming up there like, we actually want to choose guys we want to see. Yeah. Stuff like that. So I, I don't see change coming too soon um, with Gary Bettman as commissioner. Um, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. So I'm just leave it to the NHL to hopefully do what's right. Yeah. I mean, you got to adapt or die, man. You got to give it the times. Obviously like there's a place for tradition and history. That's why the winter classic is such an amazing game. You know, you, outdoor hockey playing in its roots, things like that. We all love to see the winter classic the winter classic is probably one of the best sporting events in all of professional sports. I mean, I don't know if did you watch this year's uh, winter classic? I got to watch bits and pieces. Um, I was watching a lot of college football at the time, but I got to watch yeah. bits and pieces. Bruins looked dominant. I mean, Bruins looked absolutely dominant, but it was a great, it was a great game. It was so much fun. It gives you another element that you don't see. I really remember the Winter Classic in Dallas in Seattle. Um, absolutely phenomenal environment. I have a friend that went. Um, when you see a hundred thousand plus hockey fans packed into that big of a venue, like these players don't. It's just, yeah, it's a and totally different experience. It just adds <laughs> a lot. And I feel like it's more interactive. Like, I really enjoy the Winter Classic. I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved uh, – I mean, them going to Fenway and doing that in Fenway was amazing. And, I mean, I remember they, – they've done it so many different places and so many different venues. And these types of venue changes and these types of, of special games like that, like the Winter Classic is – I'd actually value the Winter Classic over the All-Star Game in the NHL. Absolutely. That's that's, that's how little I actually care about, like, about the All-Star Game due to the structure and everything of it. And how much I love, love the Winter Classic. You and most hockey fans, man. I Winter Classic, it's an actual game. It's not that three-on-three, three, hey, we're going to lollygag out here, just all that stuff. So... Yeah, it's it's an awesome experience. Winter Classic's great. All Star Game needs to step it up. I agree with you on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
you look at what the NFL is doing with their with their Pro Bowl and and how things are changing there. With it's pretty much gone to a complete skills competition because that's what the actual people care about because the game was garbage. I mean, and like you said, no, these guys aren't going to go out there and uh, do anything. You know, they're not going to go out there and 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 try that hard so you don't get to see it. The Winter Classic means something. You know, it's, yeah. it's, you're getting points. It's an actual game. The All-Star game, and it's like the All-Star game for a lot of things, right? The NBA's All-Star game is meh, too. I don't care to watch it because it's just going to be who's going to win 160 to 162. Who cares? You know, it doesn't mean anything. This game's the same way. I I would rather watch the Winter Classic 10 out of 10 times over the All-Star game, purely for that, that purpose. So. Skills comp is pretty fun. You get to watch guys like McDavid and uh, McKinnon show off their foot speed. It might be kind of fun this year with McDavid and McCarmican. You get the breakaway challenge. It's yeah. kind of like the dunk challenge where you hold up, where you judge the best breakaway goal. But that yeah. stuff's all for show. Oh, yeah, show. I mean. I kind of adapted last year because Trevor Zegers from the Anaheim Ducks, sick, sick, sick puck handler, absolutely phenomenal, um, came in. He wasn't an all-star, but they invited him to the skills competition. So that he could show what he was capable of. He did a blind. Um, he was blindfolded. I think. Did you see that clip where he was blindfolded and he had the puck I, on his stick and he scored a goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, I see you know, that. Joe's shirt. Man, that yeah. was that was awesome. I really enjoyed yes. that. I feel like if the NHL would start doing stuff like that more, then they'd start to grow it and let you adapt from there kind of deal. But uh, yeah, I agree with you again. Yeah. You got you got to find some way to get fans in the stands, and and this All Star Game, it's it feels like just a it's it's a participation trophy thing now. Like, hey, you know, good job, you made the NHL All Star Game. And they're like, well, we don't care, you know, we want championships, we don't care about All Star stuff. I mean, it's good for the players, it's, you know, fans can go out there. It's like you said, the skills competition is really all I watch anymore when it comes straight down to it. So, yeah. But that's all we got for you guys today. Once again, this has been the House Call Crease. I'm with Ian. I'm Joe. This is our first episode. Yes. Many more to come for NHL coverage. We're happy to be in the NHL market, giving you the best news, best coverage, best stories, and best takes on the NHL right now. All the links you see scrolling below, that's our merch store. You can go there, get any merch that we have. It's all got shirts and everything else there. We got all of our logos there. Go check that out. You can also go to our website. That's down there below as well. It's a www.thetackhousetackcall.com. All of our stuff's there. Our merch link is there. Our affiliates are there. We want to give a big shout out to our affiliates, StubHub. StubHub uh, has tickets as low as $6 for sports, concerts, and theater events. Go to StubHub using our link. Help support the brand. You can get there and go to see some of these major events. You can get tickets to the All-Star Game. You can get tickets to go see the NHL Draft in June in Nashville. I'm going to try to be there and see that and also see the award ceremony. So use our link and use StubHub to go get there, man. And actually, hey man, if you show up, let me know, dude. We'll go up there together. We'll get some content. It'll be great. Fans will love it. So do these things. Go use our affiliates. We also have another affiliate that is sportsmemorabilia.com. If you like sports memorabilia or you have a sports fan in your life who likes sports memorabilia, you can go get stuff like this. I ordered this for today's show. It is a authentic NHL item from sportsmemorabilia.com. It is a Bruins goalie mask. And you know what? Just to prove that this is a real thing. Hey. I'm going to finish the episode like this. Let's go, Bruins, baby. 
Go to our website, share the content, follow the content, do it everything. Like us on all of our social media platforms. And we'll see you here next week on the House Call Crease. I'm here with Nick. I'm here with Ryan. And we're going to be talking about all things Brick House today, all things NBA. We got some teams on win streaks, crazy win streaks, all the best teams in the NBA. We're going to be.